Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento. My guest today is Reverend Donna Apidoni, who is well known for her work at CAP Radio as host of Morning Edition and CAP Radio Reads. She is an interfaith minister ordained in New York in 2009 a speaker at half a dozen congregations around the area, and she is the teacher designer of the amazing course called the Transformation Path. Now, Donna and I decided to take on a spiritual discipline to deepen our inner lives this summer, and this series, 12 Powers of the Soul, is the result. Welcome, Donna. What's our topic for today? Thanks, Deborah. Thanks for inviting me. Our topic for today is imagination. Imagine that. (laughs) It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. (laughs) It is because imagination, it's like when when you're a little kid, imagination is great. And somewhere around, I don't know, when you're 10 or 11 or 12, all of a sudden people start telling you that everything is imaginary. And, you know, it's like, don't color Santa Claus green anymore. Yeah. And yet we need our imagination to get through the day. So what is imagination to you? Imagination to me is sometimes an escape, um, trying to picture something that maybe is happier than what's happening around me. Sometimes it's a, sometimes imagination is creativity. Uh, And I don't always see those as the same thing, but the creative uh, power of imagination just allows us to come up with something that didn't exist otherwise, or at least we don't think it existed. We're making something new outside of what we know around us. So, so the creativity and the escape are two big elements of imagination, and I think we'll come up with other ones as we talk. What do you think of as imagination? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, is imagination is just making stuff up. And in, a, and, and in a way, that's what you just said, because it's like if you sit down to do something creative, you might not have any, any real idea of what you're going to do, but you just start sort of imagining or making up in your head what it might look like or sound like, depending what you're doing. Um, so there's, there's that part of it. And then there's, there's the times where you have that vision at the very beginning, and then you have to imagine or or create that, you know, maybe draw it out on paper or something, bring it from the mind into the material world. So for me, ma- imagination is where most things, most interesting things start. <laughs> it also, as you spoke, even though we overlapped on a lot of our definition, you reminded me that imagination is a process. There may be something that is an instant when I think of something and I imagine it to be true, but then to carry that out is more of a process. And I think we have to be a little bit more open to have a flash of something that maybe isn't real so far. That's one thing, but to carry it out, especially an act of creativity, that takes a process of imagination. I hadn't thought about that before. You're right. It is a process. And I decided, of course, to look it up, to look up the word imagine. And I was trying to, I have a a very loud keyboard. So I was trying to type very quietly. And what came up when I put in the first thing was imaginable. 
And so imaginable is possible to be thought or believed. Aha. Uh-huh. Something can be imaginable. Yeah. And from the Latin, imaginaire is a form and image of. So, and, and think about it. In the word image is in imagination. Oh, of course it is. Yes. Duh. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that either. So it's 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 it's, ima- it's imaging in a way. Even if you don't see pictures in your head, it's still coming up with a representation of something. It could be writing, it could be singing, it could be so imagining in some respect is that thought pro- process that helps you bring that image into the material. Hmm. I also think about image imagination. I also think about imagination being something that comes from nothing. And in some of the Eastern philosophies, especially some of the martial arts philosophies, that empty hand is the strongest way to be. A fist is not as strong as an empty hand to some of the Eastern philosophies. So coming from an emptiness, using our imagination might in some way give us uh, some way of learning that we didn't have before and some way of, of having a certain kind of power that we didn't have before. Well, because, you know, you will, there's many, many books out there that talk about the power of imagination and what you can do with your imagination. And I like, you know, I like that uh, imagination is, is coming out of, out of nothing, because that's exactly where, and I think that's one of the reasons, you know, at some point in our lives, we get, start getting told things are imaginary and they're not real. And, you know, that whole thing that starts getting programmed out of us. Um, some of us just have an imagination that won't quit no matter how hard they worked on us. <laughs> some of us will not unlearn. Yeah. We will. Yeah, we, we can't. We just can't. We can't not imagine. Um, but it's that. Um, but to me, imagination, for the most part, is, is, is fun. And it can be considered frivolous. Um, you, of course, you could imagine all kinds of horrible, awful things, too. But, you know, for me, imagination is, is where I can go out and I can go out and play, play in, the, play in the ethers, play in my mind. You know, you, I can imagine all kinds of bad things. A lot of us can imagine all kinds of terrible things. And yet, when you say the word imagination, the terrible things aren't what comes to mind. It's all, it's all beautiful. It's mm-hmm. all fun. It's all enjoyable. And there are little stars and unicorns and things. You know, it's it's very um, pastel colors. It's it's very um, it's very joyous and childlike. The word imagination for me conjures the good stuff long before it conjures any bad imaginations. Yeah, it, it does for me, too. And I think that uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, some of the people that worked at Disney, at least in the old days, were called Imagineers. They were. I remember hearing yeah. that. Yes, yeah. Imagineers. Well, yeah. Disney was just uh, the prince of imagination. I mean, he, that was something that he excelled at, mm-hmm. the naming the people around him as Imagineers and just having that constant atmosphere of being able and open to imagination. And he was so good at that. 
Well, and I think the, the 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 idea of being open to ideas, the 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 you know, open to whatever is coming into your mind, no matter how ridiculous it may seem or how too big it may seem. I mean, allowing that imagination, um, imagining ability to do its thing and respect it instead of saying, well, it's just, a, you know, oh, it's your imagination. Yeah, well, I like my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> it does allow us to be an open channel, doesn't it? Yeah. Imagination is, I mean, a great deal of it may be human in a lot of ways, but a great deal of it is not me. It's just channeling through me. Mm-hmm. It's coming from somewhere else, and, and sometimes I can't even imagine where it's coming from. But it's that open channel, that that willingness that we have and that we're capable of that allows us to use our imaginations. And when you use that term, I can't even imagine... You know, <laughs> I did, didn't I? Well, it wasn't the but, conscious. But that, that's a saying that it came from somewhere, and I can't identify where it came from. But, but I'm going to keep it. <laughs> it's like hold on, you know, to it. yeah. It, it, it's like um, some drawings I've done or some other things because I have have absolutely z- less than zero training in art. In, in drawing, and yet I, I had a period where a bunch of different images were coming through, and I honestly cannot imagine where they came from. I can't tell you where, because when they're coming through, they're just there. So I can't explain where it came from. Two kinds of imagination come to mind then. There's the kind of imagination that, that just feels channeled. This feels like you're the conduit and you have no idea with no art background how you're able to draw this. And then these, there's the other imagination that is a little bit more like the Imagineers working with Walt Disney, where you can imagine a team leader saying, now let's work through this. If Mickey Mouse is doing this over here, how will we get him to do that over there? And then they have to be a little bit more, it sounds like forced imagination, but what they're doing is thinking through that process in an imaginative way. So there are a couple of different kinds of imagination we're discovering. There there are, and there's also just that the whole time that they would be working on, on what they're doing with Mickey Mouse and what he's going to do next and uh, how he's going to walk through whatever story, they might have the idea of the story, but they're, they are working with an entity that doesn't really exist. They're working with a talking mouse. And so in that respect, they are fully in the world of imagination because it's not something that exists materially. And maybe that's part of the imagination is the imagination is that ethereal, possibly ineffable energy. And we take that energy and then we channel it through and turn it into, you know, bring it into the material plane as images and writing and singing and just, you know, I mean, taking a walk, you can have a, you could, you could imagine a wonderful walk and then go out and actually produce that wonderful walk. I don't know if Walt Disney really said it, but there's a, there's a quote that's often attributed to him. And I think it's, if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. That's imagination at work, but that's taking it one level further, maybe a couple levels further, that you're not just having a great idea of a talking mouse, and you're not just 
figuring out how the mouse can get from one end of the frame to the other end of the frame in animation, but you're actually looking at yourself and recreating yourself and thinking, what is it possible for me to do? And then you're doing it and then you're being it. So that's like the ultimate imagination. How can I bring something to fruition? How can I bring something into the physical world that isn't there before? Not just think it, not just paint it, but be it. Endless possibilities with that. And really, you know, that's the heart of the new new thought teaching is that, you know, if you if you change your mind, your thinking about whatever's going on in your life, you're not you're not trying to change the outside world. All you're you're trying to change your inner world. And the imagination is the most important important part of that because you have to conjure up because imagination and conjuring both kind of go together. You have to conjure up this new idea. And then once you have that new idea, and, you know, it's really fun to imagine things that you think possibly could never happen, and then work with them and see them manifest right in front of you. Right in front of you. Yeah. It it seems that there is a lot of imagination. Now, I, I think there are certain faith traditions that would disagree with me on this. But there is a connection between imagination and being a person of faith, in that I have to believe in something that I can't see. Believing in something that I can't see can be a description of certain religious beliefs. It can also be a description of imagination. So there is a part of that that I think for me overlaps. And imagination believing in something that isn't there, that everything will be okay, that everything is okay. I have to use my imagination before I can get there. I have to use my imagination in order to get there. So they're very closely connected for me. Yeah, and they are for me too. And it's like the I always I, I think so much about the um, the the myriad Hindu gods. And it's like, you know, they're, they're, there's not, they don't actually have a lot of different gods. They just, they have, they have all of these different images that depict an aspect of God. So if you were wanting to, uh, like Ganesha, who, you know, uh, dissolves blockages or, or something like that, is that, that um, maybe, you, maybe I can't really imagine that. So if I have that image in front of me, which is how we use symbols a lot, is, okay, it's like I'm not believing that this statue of, a, of this wonderful elephant being is going to do anything for me, but my imagination will take me into this energy that that symbol represents. And so I'm, still, I'm having to use my imagination still, but the symbols, the physical symbols, um, help help spark the imagination. So we've been talking about bringing imagination from nothing into something, but we can also use the something to take us back out into imagination and out into out into the you know the, into the nothing. So it's like if if I'm having trouble focusing, I might I might choose a symbol to focus on for a little bit, which helps me raise my energy and get my focus out there in the imaginary world. Does that make any sense? 
I wish I could replay it just to make sure, but I think it does. Make okay, a lot so of sense. yeah, so what? Just what I'm saying is that um, what if my imagination is lagging right now? I might look at a symbol of something that would spark my imagination to help me rise my 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 vibration back out into the ethers to you know, or back into my imaginary world if I'm feeling too earthbound. It makes perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> it also sounds like something that to be really good at, we should do often. A practice makes perfect with imagination. Mm -hmm. Not to reinvent the same image on a regular basis, but certainly to get good at it, to become better at it, to improve our uh, ability to imagine and use it in a creative way. Not to give up after the first time. Yeah, to, to, to keep going and imagining in different ways. I mean, yeah. um, this just came into my mind, and I don't know where it's going to go, so I'm going to go for it, is there is a, was a book written many, many years ago, and a lot of people were probably, it was What Would Jesus Do? And so this, this congregation decided to try to live their lives thinking what Jesus would do in any situation. And so I was thinking about that, and then immediately went to, but if that wasn't working for me, I might, I might, uh, okay, so what would Krishna do? <laughs> you know, it, it's just like walking around looking at, you know, what, what would work in this situation? What, what kinds of things can I conjure up in my head? Instead of trying to, I mean, and yes, we need facts in this life, but um, really allowing all of this, these crazy ideas to come in and letting them be in our heads for a while, it's amazing what you can sort out from them. And they turn out to not, I mean, basically people thought Walt Disney was nuts. They thought he was crazy. Mm -hmm. A yeah. lot of people get thought that they're crazy. I mean, yeah. that thought is, is true of a lot of people. It just means that they've tried something that's a little bit out of what the norm is at their time in history. But then when they come up with something that can be done, that is done, that's remembered 100 years later, all of a sudden, they don't seem so crazy. Yeah, all of a sudden, they they're see, genius. They seem imaginative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, part of it is the, you know, people, people who run, work their imaginations really well are, are usually called or often called visionaries. Mm-hmm. And um, because they were able to see, it's like the other thing that's coming into my head is the people at Xerox who had the personal computer and couldn't see any use for it whatsoever. <laughs> oops. oops. <laughs> yeah. That's a big oops, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it speaks to when something had become so calcified, their, their, their corporate structure had become so calcified that imagination was gone. You commented a couple of episodes ago that in just about every episode, I find a way, and, and thank you, I consider this a compliment, I find a way to take what we're working with and say, let's reimagine that, and let's rework that and make it something else, and what if we could do this other thing instead? So on the topic of imagination, I would like to reimagine <laughs> the way we think. What if we could use imagination as a cure for social anger. Because I can imagine something better than being 
uh, a little bit upset with all the people around me, or I can imagine something better than wars taking place all over the world, or people being cruel in some way or another. I can imagine something better than that. And in a very new thought sort of way, if I've imagined it, I've already set it into action into making it so. The more I imagine, the more it's a practice make perfect thing, the more I can imagine that Mr. Rogers is speaking through me, then the closer I get to a state of empathy, the closer I get to something that is a total break in tension. I think imagination can be used in a way that can rearrange the world, not just our view of the world, but can really rearrange what the world is and what people are and how we treat each other and how we are in the world. I think we can turn that around a little bit with imagination. I think we can, and uh, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful way of putting it because it occurs to me that you know there's uh, all of these groups around the the world who will go into areas where there's a lot of strife and they will meditate and they will pray, and things things lighten up, things get better, and then when they leave, things come back often the way they were. Sometimes they stay, but you know prayer and meditation are in a way, forms of imagining. Absolutely. They definitely are. Yeah. So it's like, and, and maybe this is the part that, maybe this connects to what I was trying to say earlier, is that we were originally talking about imagining bringing it something into concrete, you know, turning it into something concrete in the world, where if we sit and we imagine these other things, we, we, we pray or we meditate or we imagine better things in the world, um, you know, it changes us. And then that changes how we interact in the world, which changes the people around us or changes those interactions. Um, but it also has a, a huge vibration that just goes out into the world. You know, I mean, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I think that uh, prayer and meditation are probably the ultimate forms of imagination. Because and I know some people might argue with you on the prayer and imagination piece of that, because prayer sometimes takes on, for some people, takes on a different kind of a definition. It's a little bit easier to understand in meditation being connected with imagination, especially because a lot of meditation say, Picture yourself sitting by a bubbling brook, you know, babbling yeah. brook. So they, they actually help you paint that picture of being somewhere else. So that's a good place to start with mm -hmm. how, to, how to imagine that that's true, how to, how to figure out a place where prayer and meditation overlap with imagination. But it's definitely, a, it's definitely a possibility to turn all of that. I certainly have had to, and maybe other people can relate to this. I've certainly had to look at someone who I'm not terribly fond of and say, I'm going to imagine that we get along a lot better than we do now. Well, that's a way of imagination breaking through to empathy and breaking through to a better way of being. It's just maybe I should do it more often. Maybe I should make a regular practice of it. Maybe that would, maybe that would help uh, reinforce it. But we've all had those possibility moments. We've all had those moments where we can see that imagination could be something bigger. And now we can carry it out. 
We can. And, you know, and I agree with you that, that prayer is different things to different people. Um, the, the thing is, is that anytime we talk, anytime we're expressing an idea, some of that is coming from some level of imagination, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we, um, we use our imagination all the time. I think this is maybe a point too, is that it's, it's like, yeah, I can sit down and spend some special time imagining, but honestly, um, I'm imagining all day long. Yes. And, um, you know, whether I'm imagining, oh, I'm sitting here, I imagine I'll go in the other room and get a glass of water, or whether I'm going to meditate or whether I'm going to do something creative. Um, So imagination is really an integral part of every single thing that we do. And then we make it and then there's, there's that that higher level of imagination. And so I, I, you know, vibrationally, there's all these different levels that we can work on. And, uh, you know, all of the new new thought is based on, you know, like, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. If you can think it, you can be it. And so what is going on inside our heads is what determines how we're, how we're being in the world, and how we're being in the world affects the entire world. And I don't think people understand that. I don't think that they really get that well, you know, we, I think we are at the beginning of something here, two people talking, yeah. another two, 5,000 people listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. We're at the beginning of possibility. Yeah. Just having said that, we can now imagine that more and more people will understand that imagination is the beginning of, of fact, that imagination leads to something being so. A lot of people maybe haven't realized it so far, but we're at the beginning of making that point and reinforcing it, and we can certainly all continue to do that. I had never considered until this conversation that every to-do list that I ever put together is a form of imagination. Every set of goals that my supervisor gives me at work is imagination, sometimes loftier than I care to admit, (laughs) but it all has to do with a year from now, I want to say that I have accomplished this. By the end of today, I want to say that I've checked off everything on my to-do list or at least considered how I will go about it if it gets put off until tomorrow. Those are all parts of imagination. They're all parts of, although I have to say, I can imagine myself sitting on a mountaintop in Austria, but I still cannot sing like Julie Andrews. <laughs> There's a little bit of a gap in my imagination on that one, but I'll work on it because who knows, by tomorrow or the end of the year, it could happen. And of course, it's how important is it to you as well? <laughs> and well, It would be nice. I don't know. Important? No, maybe not so much. I mentioned in a previous episode that I was reading uh, a book about some sociological, uh, cultural differences between the Western world, specifically United States, and some indigenous people, specifically Inuit in northeastern Canada. And one thing that was mentioned in that that really requires me to use my imagination is that the people from that culture, from that community, reported that they don't feel a lot of anger. They're not suppressing anger. It's not like they're getting angry and then hiding it somewhere. 
and saying, no, I'm not angry. But they actually don't feel angry because culturally they have trained themselves to that point. And one of the ways they have done that is that they are in agreement as a community that they will replace anger with awe. So something that you or I might say, what do you mean? They say, that is so interesting. That's a form of imagination to not just redirect an emotion, but to actually look at the world in such a different way that you see the possibility. That takes uh, an imagination, a level of imagination that I have not mastered, but I'm certainly going to practice it. I think it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, and I, I imagine sometimes being like that. <laughs> And, 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 and sometimes I'm successful and, uh, you know, but, but you're right. It, it, obviously that is a cultural thing that they have, have uh, curated over generations and generations. So there's so. our goal. Generations from now, we can be in a culture that uses our imagination and, and have cultivated imagination so that it is socially useful and mm -hmm. not just painting pictures. You know, and I I read a story once also, and 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 this is something I cannot imagine, is that this this man was saying he um, I believe he came from Vietnam, and he said his father thought uh, just had such a different different way of thinking that it wasn't Vietnam but anyway wherever it was is they did not have vocabulary in their language for what might have been what could have been. Oh, so no regrets. So there was no, uh, like there, there had been a war. So they were in that general geographical area. And the father never, never said, well, it could have been different because they just didn't think that way. Um, and for me, my, my first reaction to that is these people have no imagination, but I don't think that's what it is. They just think about it differently. And because you cannot do anything creative, you can't do anything without having some sort of forethought, some sort of what we call imagination. But, um, you know, we get, we are here in the United States, and we have our culture, and we, you know, we're all, every one of us, wherever we are, we're all wrapped up in our own culture and our own way of yeah. thinking. And um, I love that. I believe people in other countries are listening to us. Um, and we get to think about how other, other people are, are doing this and how other people imagine. And I would love to know how other people imagine. I, I think too. that could be a great, uh, a great something to look into. So yeah. those people, if you are listening in a different part of the United States, other than Southwestern, or if you are listening in a country outside of the Western United States, what a wonderful thing you could share with us, how yeah. you put imagination to work yeah. where you yeah. live. Yeah, because... Uh, it's just the thing is, is it's an integral part of how we work. If if we're not imaging something and thinking uh, ahead a little bit, um, and that's part of what we school in um, New Thought is that the the more um, the higher you can keep your vibration, and the higher you look, uh, as opposed to just you know uh, the mundane uh, everyday world and all all of the gotta shoulda have tos and all of those. <laughs> And just you know, I, I think living in in in, in um, living in imagination for me is when someone says, "Just be, just just be." How does that fit with imagination? 
if I can be in that place where I'm just being, I am not working at anything. I'm just allowing myself to, I'm just allowing, I'm open, I'm allowing whatever it is to come in through me. And I'm not judging it. I'm not trying to control it. I'm not trying. It's just like if I sit down to write a talk, and I'm working really hard at it, I can't do it. I can't write it. If I sit down and turn my mind off and just start typing, it comes through. And as it's coming through, or one of my meditations, I am seeing, I mean, I'm imagining all of these different things. I'm either imagining that I'm up there saying these words, or I'm imagining um, this beautiful park or, you know, whatever is in in, in the uh, meditation. Um, but if I try to mess with the grammar, if I try to worry about the punctuation at that point, I lose it and I have to walk away from it. So I You're have to be... You taking you out of the present takes you out of imagination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's where that idea of imagining the worst comes from, is, is that it, when you take yourself out of the present and you start living in the past or the future, what you're imagining is probably, I mean, sometimes, obviously, we can all imagine wonderful things, but I think that's where we might get wrapped up a little bit in worry because we, we, we fall out of the present. And it's really e easy to imagine, you know, what, what could happen. And of course, they say our memories aren't as good as we think they are. So whatever we think about the past, we're probably imagining what happened anyway. <laughs> and that part of imagination is more connected to worry. Yeah. That's one of the elements of a negative form of yeah. imagination. Yeah. We want to stay away from that. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, is this the word imagination, you're right, to me, imagination and joy are mm -hmm. just, they're, they're so interconnected, because, um, and I, I, you know, when I say the word, word imagination, I, I feel there's dancing, I feel joy, I feel openness to spirit, I feel openness to anything that can possibly be. And uh, anything that can possibly be with me in this particular body with this particular capabilities. <laughs> so I'm not going to be up there singing the sound of music either. <laughs> Doesn't it let us imagine what would happen if we could? Doesn't yeah. it help imagine? It does. Yeah, that whole Julie Andrews thing. Like, well, okay, should I make, should I try singing lessons? Should I at least belt it out in the car and see how it sounds. So even if you're not sure of the end result as a perfect fit, that element of imagination can still be used to wonder. But it also is what gives us the motivation to try. Yeah, it To does. make the attempt. Yeah. And then when you make the attempt, you learn something even if the attempt is not what we call successful, it's still successful. It's like every, every experiment is successful because you learn something from it. Yeah. And so allowing your imagination to inform whatever it is you're doing is, is probably the, the highest and best way that you can be creative, but also the highest and best way to live your life because that is what motivates you to move forward and try different new things and be open to the joy and the love in life. I want a piece of that. <laughs> we could all use that right now, I think. Um, and we can all have that right now. Yeah, we can. we have the imagination. We have the 
understanding of new thought. We have, in my case, I have a jet flying right over uh, where I'm recording at the moment. We have everything that it takes to make that a possibility. We do. And I think that's the probably, if we could take anything from this conversation, um, is that, you know, imagination is probably our, one of our greatest gifts. And it's absolutely a superpower. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, the next time... Pardon? It's one of many things. It's one of many things I'll take away from this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So all of you out there, the next time you're in one of those conversations that that asks, "Here comes the jet my way now." <laughs> and the funny thing is, we live in different countries. It's that fast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding about that. I am imagining that. Yeah, and, and see, when you said something about the jet, I imagined this this jet, and then I didn't even think about that it would probably come my direction too. That's that's, but that's the beauty of all of it, and 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 also that just shows that we are all in one energy in one one space, and you know, it, it's like I don't have an imagination compartment, and you don't have a separate imagination compartment. When we are open to that flow of spirit, it's all one. And it's all coming from the same, the same nothing. Because there's not more than one nothing. There's only one nothing. Imagination is simply one of the greatest gifts we have, I think. And I, I just want to say that I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful for you, Donna, to be with me today. And I'm grateful for you going along with this. This series was a an absolute burst of imagination. I wasn't even trying. I just thought, what can I do? I should do a series. It'll make it easier to get it planned. And then like in the next 10 minutes, I had it all written down. I didn't even have to work at the idea. I did a little bit, but, you know, it was just there. And, um, you know, we don't plan these conversations. We just come in and we allow imagination and spirit to work through us. So... I really I'm glad appreciate you had that thought. I'm glad you had that <laughs> spark of imagination yeah. to get us going. Yeah, and I'm I am really glad that you resonated with it and uh, agreed to take this 12-week journey with me. So Donna, thank you so much for being with me today and uh, I will see you next week. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. We're really excited about next week because we're going to be talking about something that may not sound exciting but it is and that is the power of order. We wish you a week full of insights and blessings. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you. And may the joys of the world go with you.